You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Lippman. I'm with Emily Anderson and Dan Volpone. Hello to both of you, Dan. Starting with you, how's your uncle doing? He's, he's good. He had a fancy football predicament. He didn't know if he should start DeAndre Washington or Miles Sanders, but he's going to go with DeAndre Washington. Wow. I don't even know so who, when DeAndre, you're who is DeAndre Washington. Either. Well, Miami has all their running backs either hurt or with COVID, so he's like next man up. Got it. Okay. So be interesting. And uh, but people will know by tomorrow, which was the right call. I know. When they're hearing this, they'll either think you're genius or dumb. Yeah. Um, Emily, I'd like to ask you about the Eagles. Uh, today, this will be yesterday by tomorrow. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts will have succeeded Carson Wentz in the starting lineup. Have you ever seen a handsome step up as much as that? Because it seems like a very drastic move to go from Carson to Jalen. What do you think? It is a big step up on the handsome scale. I don't find Carson Wentz to be unattractive, but Jalen Hurts is like very attractive. So it goes from like the middle to like the far end of the handsome scale instead of like below. I mean, it's like 50 to 99, not like, you know, Mm -hmm. 30 to whatever. Okay. I don't like to disparage the handsomeness of any Philadelphia sports figures. (laughs) Jalen Hurts or Isaiah Joe? Oh. I'm really into Isaiah Joe after these media day pictures. I'm really into him. (laughs) And I, like, feel kind of bad that I made fun of his beard turtleneck. But it was a a look. You didn't even know it was him at first. You just saw the beard turtleneck thing. (laughs) I was so distracted by it. Yeah. Um, So we do need an answer, Emily, on the Isaiah Joe or Jalen Hurts thing. Sorry. Isaiah Joe, I pick Isaiah Joe. Oh, wow. Final answer. Dan, Yeah, agree? that's the final answer. I, I, I agree. Jalen Hurst is good looking, but Isaiah Joe, for me, he's, you know, he's as good as it gets in the, and now in this, I'm like in the Sixers world. Thinking I need to, like, already revamp my most handsome rankings. We should have waited until after these media day picks. I have thought about it every single day. It's thrown me for a loophole. Like, these I are, already had him. I already had him number one. I know. You did, Dan. I mean, it's like, I... I know that they don't know about it, probably. Um, I, <laughs> probably I mean, they might have missed that episode. But I feel like I snubbed some people. Like, Justin Anderson, I think, was too low for me because he did great at Media Day. He looks great. Um, smile. Great smile. Um, all right. This is, uh, let's get to it. Um, James Harden stuff will not go away. There is more stuff all the time with Harden and the Sixers. The most 
recent and the most substantive of which is from Mark Stein of the New York Times, who said, I think on Thursday, as the NBA preseason begins tonight, Philadelphia ranks as the most likely destination when the Rockets eventually reach the point of trading James Harden. The Rockets insist, yeah. for, the Rockets insist for now they will not trade Harden. The Sixers insist for now they will not trade Ben Simmons. But sources say the familiarity between the front offices and ultimately can ultimately diffuse any lingering tension from Daryl Morey's departure from Houston to Philadelphia. So now I want to start with this. Tell me what you want to happen and what you think is going to happen in terms of, I mean, Harden is absolutely getting traded. The question is, does he go to the Sixers or someplace else? Tell me what you want to happen. Tell me what your gut is telling you you think happens, starting with Dan. I mean, obviously what I want to happen is the Sixers trade Tobias and Mike Scott. For sure. But what, no, what I, what I think will happen is I, do th- I think the Sixers get him um, because I, I, I just don't think there's any way either team can say no to a trade centered on Ben Simmons and, and James Harden. So I, I think that that's, the, the Sixers can't beat other teams without including Simmons, but it's still a great deal to go from Simmons to Harden, and I don't think the Rockets are going to get an offer. They're not going to get a young player as good as – as Ben, the Sixers. I think the Sixers maybe do do Ben and maybe like Ben Matisse and a uh, and a and a pick, like maybe like a maybe this year's first something like that mm-hmm. um, for Harden. And I I think that's I don't know if that works um, salary wise. I have to I don't think it does. I'd have to double check that. But I, but they'd be pretty close. It'd yeah. be, at worst, but at worst, it's like filler. Like I think those could be like the main pieces. I don't think the Sixers give up a ton more than that. I right. don't think it, it takes any less than that. So, but I, I, th- I think it just makes too much sense. And Harden would be like the guy that we, he'd be like the guy the Sixers have been needing to have a skill set like that since I can remember. Like I was, I was young during Iverson and like, I can't remember them having like such a good all around offensive player who can, you know, score at all three levels, who can create for others very well. I mean, he just does it all. And the Sixers, you know, our, our, we, everyone was like enamored by Shake Milton because he could both shoot and dribble. So like to, to go from that being like a huge deal to now having James Harden completely, completely takes away the biggest weaknesses the team has had on offense. The, I, that, that is true. What you say is true. I remember Shake Milton ran, like ran one pick and roll and we were all like, is he allowed to do that? What is he doing? Um, all right, Emily, tell me what you want to happen and what you think will happen. Um, so just listening to Dan talk about James Harden to the Sixers, like, made my stomach hurt. Like, I have a very nervous stomach, like, just listening to it because I in no way, shape, or form want James Harden on the Sixers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I they feel like I've been kind of wishy-washy, like, thinking it through. But recently I've come to, like, a hard, hard stance that I do not want to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden. Tell me why. Um, I don't think that we need I would rather have four championships in the next seven years or 10 years than one championship this year and I feel like people are trying to go all in this year and I don't think we need to go all in this year I want to see what this team looks like together James Harden is seven years older than Ben Simmons James Harden is a locker room cancer Um, I just don't want him on my team I don't like watching him play basketball I can't root for him I don't want him on my team so this ben is, and Joel have had time together. 
It's no, not I like want this, this team. I want this, like, Seth Curry. I want the Danny Green. I want this team. I want Doc Rivers. I want to see what happens. I don't want to throw James Harden into the mix with this team. I don't want to do it. But the four championships in seven years, like – Ten years, this, whatever. But this seven team, years is a not, long time. But but that's winning more than the, the Warriors didn't even win four times in seven years. I'm just I'm <laughs> okay. They're not going to win four times, but I think they could win multiple championships with Ben and Joel at the ages that they are. James Harden is old. He's older than me, Dan, and you guys, you think I am old. <laughs> so it hurts when I get out of bed in the morning, and James Harden is older than me. Well, so James Harden to... doesn't go to bed, so that's one thing you don't have to worry about. That's fair. <laughs> All right. So what Emily brings up is like a very, um, like there's a very significant part of the fan base that I think agrees with you. So we should we should dissect it. Um, where I come down, I don't think that Harden is like a no brainer. Like absolutely, I, I think talent wise, he is because he's like top five best offensive players ever. But there are things to talk about with him. Like they have tried the second star thing with Harden a million times now, and it never works. And he sort of gets bored. What I won't stand for is him coming here and after two months deciding Embiid needs to go. Won't stand for it. Can't stand for it. I don't think, you know, I think that if Maury brings him in, he has enough intel that they'd be willing to play together. Um, I think that, I, I don't think that at the end of the day, Maury will be able to say no to this. And I think that I understand that because it's like, uh, of course, the fit with Simmons and Embiid isn't perfect. And who knows, you know, if you don't get to the championship this year or next year, you never know when somebody like Simmons or Embiid wants to switch things up in their own lives. You know, the contract is five years. Who knows if he actually stays in five years, given the way player mobility is. Um, I think that Harden and Embiid would be a pretty insanely good pair. Um, I don't like James Harden, like, clubbing during the pandemic. I think that's shitty, and I wish he would stop it. Like, I'm all for player movement, all for guys going when they want to go. I don't think, like, as a person of influence, doing that so publicly is a good thing. Um, So hopefully that will be gone soon. Um, And so in terms of what I – oh, Emily, what do you think will happen? I think – I don't think anything happens before the season starts. I don't think he gets traded before the season starts. I what do you don't... think ultimately goes down? I don't think we trade for him. I think that's probably my heart more than my head. But since I don't think that he's going before the season starts, I think our season is going to start well. And then they're going to be like, oh, let's not do this. Let's see what happens. You know, that's so right now, Doc and, and not, not so much Daryl, because Daryl hasn't talked lately, but like, they're saying all the right things. You know, Doc is saying none of these rumors are ours. I mean, if the Sixers want to make this trade, they're not going to say in the media two weeks beforehand, yeah, we want to trade Ben. Like, so I, I don't think anybody should be, uh, you know, uh, dissuaded at all by that. Um, I don't know if, if they start the season and if they have a hot start, how, like, romanced Doc and Daryl will be by that. Like, I, I do feel like Daryl is definitely a championship guy who's never won one. He absolutely loves Harden. His, like, goodbye letter to Harden was, like, so flowery and, you know, you changed my life, all this stuff. Um, so I guess I don't know. They're saying that they want to see the team. And I, it's so weird. Like, right now, um, as a fan, I'm thinking, like, I want to be excited about this year. I think they're going to be good and much better and much, much more fun to watch this year. But it seems like there's this shoe to drop that is, like, either us or it's somebody else and, like, you sort of can't go fully all in until 
that happens. So it feels like sort of a purgatory right now with that. Um, but yeah, he's so, also going east, right? It seems like he's definitely going definitely east. going to the east, and mm-hmm. he's wants you know his wish list is pretty much the top five teams in the east, top six teams in the east. So if he goes to one of those teams that aren't the Sixers, the Sixers aren't beating any of those teams. I'm pretty, so, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in saying that if anyone gets James Harden of those top teams in the East, they will be far better than the Sixers. So my question is, if so, there that leak happened a couple of days ago. I think Shams put out that like, in addition to Philadelphia and Brooklyn, who are like the the two ones that he really wants to go to, he threw in like Miami and Milwaukee. My, if I'm thinking like sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, analytically about it, I'm thinking. Is this the Rockets leaking two other East teams to get Daryl to give up Ben? You know what I mean? Like, it seems to me like they're trying to leverage the situation and make Maury more nervous where it's like, not only if I don't trade for the guy, um, and, and I don't think there's any world where they trade for him without trading Simmons. I think, you know, just to match salary, you have to include somebody like Tobias who doesn't have positive value. So it gets really hard in that way. I don't think Milwaukee has any package for him. They've just traded all their... Uh, stuff for Drew um, they could throw Middleton but I don't think that's like you know in the same league um, also Giannis like kind of hates Harden I, they, all, they hate each other in some way yeah they always talk shit together um, so yeah I, I mean at the end of the day I do hope it happens because I think he's that good and I think that like the championship math would just change so drastically but it is not without risk like you don't get a superstar when they're a perfect asset like there's a reason that all these guys become available. It's like Jimmy Butler terrorized his third team in a row or, or uh, somebody gets hurt or, or somebody like Harden wants out and, you know, is on the other side of 30, you know, guys who are like 26. That's why Ben is such a, such an asset because he's 24 and he's about to start his, his deal. So I think, I think there's just so much smoke right now that like leads to it happening. It feels like, if the Sixers just straight up were not interested, like Ben is not available, don't want Harden unless we can uh, trade all this other stuff for him, I feel like they would shut down these rumors in some way. And like, because it seems like all of the top guys like Woj or Shams or Stein are all sort of saying like, right now they're saying no Simmons, but when push comes to shove, it's going to happen. Like, is that your read on it, both of you? I mean, yeah, I think it, it, it kind of feels like the Sixers are saying no Simmons so that it's not like it's not and doesn't end up being Simmons and like 10 picks. It ends up being Simmons and like one pick or two picks. Mm -hmm. So like when they finally, you know, when they finally say, okay, fine, we'll give you Ben, but we're not giving you all this other stuff. Then that's, you know, that's them negotiating. Right. You know, what I definitely get is like the coolest outcome of all is like our guys that we wanted from the beginning win the championship. There's nothing cooler than that. That would be like, like uh, uh, outcome one a for me. And I think probably everybody is like the guys that we've defended all these years and have, and have hope would pan out in the process and what it led to like these guys coming to fruition and they actually win a title. Like that is so cool. Um, I guess I just don't know if the, if the real question is the title at the end of the day, I don't know if Maury is going to turn that down and is going to like see the math as equal, you know, in terms of the opportunities. But I do think the Sixers are going to be much better this year. Um, I think as it stands, they're like a fringe contender. And, you know, if things really go well, 
they'll be in that conversation, but I just don't, you know, we're going to have to see. What kind of off-court worries do you guys have? We brought up a few of them. Um, Dan, you're obviously very pro this. Does anything worry you about Harden either on the court or off the court? I mean, sure. Like, he's had issues places he's, I guess, well, specifically now. Not like he's, it's not like he's always been, you know, a, a disaster, but we have seen the last few years. I think along with Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook only lasted a year um, and kind of ruined their organization with all it took to get him. Um, and, you know, he's, I don't, like you said, I don't love the, the partying during the pandemic, things like that. Yeah. I don't, you know, he's, and yeah, I, I, I don't actually kind of enjoy watching him play. I understand why people don't like, I get that. Um, but I just don't, ultimately I don't care. Um, because I, sure it could, it could go wrong, but I don't think, I think your chance of winning a championship with, with this team right now is really close to zero. I, and I, and I, I know I'm more pessimistic than most, but they were just the six seed last year. Like, it's not like, it's not like they were like trade Al Horford for Danny Green and trade Josh Richardson for Seth Curry away. Like no one really thought that if you had said that at the time that that was all it would take to fix this team. And I think if you didn't have the, the rumors of, you know, possibly getting Harding, people would be a lot less optimistic. Um, and I, I just, I think that, you know, this team is still, with with all the the teams in the East now, with Brooklyn getting getting healthy, maybe a four or five seed, and I don't think they're a contender. I I don't think they're a contender at all. So so to go from that to absolutely a contender, if you can have, you know, Harden and Embiid together, and and keep a lot of you know the other role players around, you still have Tobias around, that would be really exciting to me. And yeah, it could go south, but it could. Ben could leave. Ben could leave after this contract. Joel could leave after this contract if we if we can't compete the next three years. So, I I think when you have the chance to go from, you know, not definitely not being able to win in my view to definitely having a chance to win, you take that kind of risk. And, and I think what, Harden's game ages ages well. So, and um, meanwhile, Harden and and Embiid would shoot a million free throws a game. All they do yeah. is like grift and get fouled. It would be. Teams would hate watching and playing against us. Um, Emily, in terms of off-court stuff for Harden, what do you think? Yeah, all the same stuff Dan said. I just – I don't love players that, like, force their way out of places. I know it's, like, the cool thing to do nowadays, I guess. But I just – it doesn't – I don't like it. I don't think – and I don't think that – I mean, I'm sure that Rockets fans don't like it, but I just don't think it, like, vibes well with Phillies, like, these are our guys kind of thing. And it's like, these are our guys. And then you force your way out. Like, look how much everyone turned on Jimmy Butler just because he said some like bad stuff about us in the media. I don't. And like, I just don't like James Harden's like contract situation. He's only got like two years and then a player option. So like say we trade Ben for, for Harden. So at the end of Harden's contract with where he'd be in a, a, free agent like Ben would be like 27 like I'd rather still have 27 year old Ben on his five-year deal than two years maybe three of James Harden I just I don't I just don't like him I don't want him I will be really sad if we trade for him and I just think I want to see this team I already said it but I want to see this team play out I know Dan said that like he doesn't think we're a contender but at the beginning of last year everyone was like this team could do something we saw it didn't work and they changed some of the pieces they changed the coach I mean, we saw this, the team that we had last year be great in situations. Like, 
it's not like they never showed a spark or they never showed what they could be at their peak. So I think doing little tweaks here and there, bringing in a new coach, I want to see what that looks like. Dan, question for you. Um, I probably know your answer, but if Ben Simmons, let's say you can get a guarantee that Ben Simmons takes a like Tatum like leap this year as a 24 year old, like Ben Simmons takes the leap and maybe it's not chucking threes, but maybe it's, getting to the line 10 times a game and making, you know, 65. So Tatum, like, leap, he's now a fringe top 10 player. Yeah, let's let, – I mean, right now, I mean, ESPN just ranked Simmons at 16. Let's say that he, you know, at he's, the end I of the year – I would rank him lower, but yeah. Uh-huh. But let's say, let's say at the end of the year he's, like, 12 or something um, in, in your personal rankings, you know. Um, does that change the calculus at all for you, given his youth and his contract? Because I totally get and I agree with you that, like, Simmons is really good, but for me, like there is a cap to how good he can be, especially as an initiator, if, if his game doesn't change. So the question I have is like, are, are we making a mistake of seeing Simmons as a finished product right now? I, I, I think that if you're dealing with guarantees, that's a different story. Uh-huh. Right? So if we're, just, if we're just working with Jason Tatum, because you're saying he's making a Tatum-like leap, right? Like, right. absolutely, you know, Tatum probably will never be as good as Harden. Um, but sure. he's much younger, and he's, he's, you know, better defensively. Yeah, I would stick with Tatum. But I think Tatum is a lot better than Ben. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like, he made a huge leap. Like, they were at a similar level, and now they're not. Um, if you could guarantee that Ben was going to be that caliber of player, I wouldn't make the trade. But... Um, Obviously, you know, if he comes out two weeks into the season and he looks like that, then then sure. I, and I don't think the trade's going to happen before the season either. I, I agree uh-huh. with Emily. Yeah. So I think this might be like a two weeks into the season thing. But, you know, obviously, you can never bank on someone making that leap. I don't think it's likely he makes that leap. If he does, that, that, definitely, that definitely changes things. It's if yeah. he's all of a sudden, you know, around the 10th best player in the league, sure, that makes, it, that makes a difference. But yeah. um, that just seems. You know, it, and if he doesn't, then, then you, I think you have to do it. Right. So that, that seems under discussed to me in this, like, obviously we've only seen what we've seen and like what we've seen is Harden is like an MVP candidate every single year, no matter what. And Simmons has like offensively not so much progressed his game lately. Um, I think that there's, I don't know, you know, they, they've been seeing him in practice at training camp and stuff. So my guess is that Doc and Daryl have a good read on, on, you know, what improvements he's made since last season. Um, as a fan, I'm sort of interested to see, like, given his youth and, um, you know, an improved situation around him, is that leap out there? So I, 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 I'm, I'm curious about it. Again, uh, at the end of the day, I would still have to do it. But um, I'm just curious as to whether or not that might uh, be the case. So now I'm thinking about the Embiid angle of all of this. Like, what Joel wants and, like, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to tell. First of all, I don't think Harden will be able to come here and play exactly like he just did in Houston. I, don't, I feel like that was an ecosystem perfectly built for him to do that exact thing. And with Joel Embiid and with even Doc Rivers as coach, like, I don't think that that is going to happen again for him. So if you're, if you're trying to like read the tea leaves about Joel, A, do you think he's included in this sort of discussion? And do you think he has an opinion one way or the other, Emily? So... I, I don't know what his, 
we don't really have a lot, like you said, from Joel, like regarding his feelings on James Harden. Like, I feel like we know how Joe feels about a lot of other players in the league. He's normally not quiet about it, but I can't really remember any time that he's really spoken about Harden. They did some trash talking, but I don't, that's about it. That's not everyone. Yeah. Um, The thing that I would be worried about the most, which you touched on earlier, is James Harden coming in and trying to make it his team. It's not his team. It's it's Joe's team. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how well, like uh, we talked about the whole Russ Harden thing is, even though I still think in Houston, it was Harden's team. It wasn't Russ's team. And maybe that's why Russ wanted to leave. He wasn't into that either. So I don't know how he would do playing like second banana to Embiid in regard to even if even if he's, you know, the leading scorer and really on the court the leader, in the city's eyes, it's not his team. It's gonna be Embiid's team no matter what. And I don't know and I don't know how he how well he deals with that. Yeah, honestly, well, it's funny, like, because I agree with you. Offensively and like shots wise, like he, James Harden will be your leader, just yeah. given the state of the NBA. Like my one the only real concern I have about Joel is like how hard is it to have your best offensive player create out of the post in today's league? Like he's incredible and he's dynamic, but like in the playoffs that becomes much harder. And obviously mm-hmm. last year was a perfect storm of that. Cause they had nobody who could shoot, but um, Harden would definitely be the on-court leader, but Embiid's connection with the city and with the franchise is sort of second to none. So I think both of those guys would have to understand the on-court and off-court aspect of it. And I, I don't really know where Embiid might be at with this right now. Dan, what do you think? Um, I think he probably is included. I think it, it would be good for him to get Harden, not that him and Ben are a bad fit, but I think like I think him and Harden would be really good together. Um, I don't know what he's pushing for. I have no idea. But I know, you know, he's him and Ben, I think, are genuinely friends. But I don't think that means that they have to be on the same team. Like, they can be friends on different teams um I don't think it's a big deal um to have Joel be like not the best player on the team but still like the face of the team I think that's I mean we've seen that with um Miami with Wade and Lowry in in Toronto yeah even in Philly like when in like 83 obviously um we weren't around for that Emily and I um, were 22 then shut up (laughs) (laughs) But the um, like the best the best player on that team from you know what I've heard was Moses Malone right but like everyone thinks of that as Dr J's team and it doesn't take away from like I guess like how great it was to win with with Irving so I, I don't think it's a it's a bad thing and I, I I think that you know on court they would they would probably fit well I, I think that Harden being so ball dominant was specifically what Mike D'Antoni wanted um, I don't think it's something that he has to do it's not something he's always done um and i think you know doc rivers can can figure a way out that they're both getting plenty of touches yeah i think that like it would definitely take a preemptive conversation with both of them to be like Harden, this is not your city like you he'll be beloved when he gets here and fans will be you know by and large very excited to have him but like this is very much Embiid's city uh, and for Embiid, it would be like you are no longer like the leading shot getter. Who knows? Maybe he'd be excited about that because he's had a lot of load on his. And maybe he can honestly, if he's focusing less on shooting twenty times a game, he can like he's talked about wanting to get back to like 
how springy he was the defensively when he was a little bit younger. And I think he can do that regardless, but I, I think it's interesting. Um, Dan, you wrote a piece for Liberty Ballers where you talked to a writer about the Nets and a writer about the Rockets. Can you tell us some about that and what your main takeaways were from that? Yeah, so I talked to Jeremy Brenner from Dream Shake, which is sister blog of Liberty Ballers, and Justin Carter, who used to write for Liberty Ballers. He's now writes for Nets Republic. And um, I guess my biggest takeaway is that the Rockets fans expect a lot for James Harden. Uh-huh. More than I would give, more than a lot of Sixers fans were like mad about it. Um, Luna. <laughs> Luna. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, no. Luna. No, don't be sorry for Luna. We love yeah. Luna. Someone love knocked Luna. on the door. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we got a package. All right. <laughs> Back to Dan. But no, I just, I just think, um, you know, they, they were asking a lot. They, it was framed as like, they wanted Simmons and a lot of picks. Whereas personally, I don't think that's realistic. I don't think they get another package that even comes close to Simmons and not a lot of picks. I agree. So I, I, I'm sure that's what they're asking for to start, but, and probably why the Sixers are saying no Simmons for now until they say, eventually, if you want Simmons, we cut out the picks. Um, but I don't think that ends up being a realistic package. Um, but that, that is where, you know, I guess that is where the Rockets are at based on, based on what he said. Um, and then the other thing is I asked him how likely it is that a deal is made before the season starts. He said he thinks maybe like a 40% chance. But this was a few days ago. So uh-huh. with each passing day, that goes down, obviously. Right. The season starts soon. And then he said by the deadline, he thinks maybe it's like 50-50 he's gone. Um, so not necessarily a sure thing um, that he ends up being traded. Uh, and then uh, Justin just said that he doesn't think the Nets give Kyrie, or at least that he thinks that they do everything that they can to not give Kyrie for, you know, I guess like obviously a few reasons. One is that he's never actually played there and he came there with Durant and that was, um, but, but also like a package the, deal when they went there. Yeah. Yeah. And but also that you know uh, you know they want to see those two play together I guess and and it would and you know they've been I guess practicing together for like a, a year now so they want to give him a shot on the court instead of bringing in a, a new guy which is what why I would guess you know they what they wouldn't do that but and if if they're not giving Kyrie mm-hmm. I mean and the, the Heat were like I doubt the Heat gives Bam or Butler no um, so at that point they like uh, heroes fine but that's not beating the kind of package the Sixers could reasonably put together and I don't think that's why I don't think the the Simmons and all the picks makes makes sense I don't think it's a I'm sure it's the asking price and I'm sure the Sixers are offering Tobias and Mike Scott and three picks right and and I think that the realistic middle is 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 Ben and not much else yeah I don't I I think like the Sixers have the thing like they need to trade hard and and nobody has close to what the Sixers have so um who knows? I mean, maybe Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers just think like Ben's really good and we believe in him taking the leap. Um, I just don't think there would be this many rumors like persisting if that was really the case behind closed doors. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. 
Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, all right. So Joel Embiid talked this week. Um, he talked about his body and conditioning. He said, this is via Kyle Newbeck of the Philly Voice. He said, uh, this summer is the one where I really tried to focus on it. He said he got his own chef, his own massage therapist, and he had a bunch of personal aides working with him and getting him right, and he wants to play in Philadelphia for 20 years. Emily, you outed Joel in terms of eating a burger <laughs> once. How much of this do you feel is, is your doing, and do you feel accomplished in that now he has a whole staff? Um, yeah, I take personal responsibility for this. <laughs> I take everyone in Philly can thank me. I know that Joel listened to that episode where I told my Shake Shack story <laughs> and he was like, oh shit, they know now. I got to get right. Right. So yeah. I also just think it's really funny that he has personal aides. Like what do they do? What is he, the president? I don't know. Is he like a butler? Like I that don't it's know. like, oh, please get my package. Like do this. I, I want to know no what idea. they do. What fun, rich person stuff to just like have your own aids. I don't know what that would even mean. I know. Um, Dan, yeah. what about, it's what do you think? In regards oh, to your ahead. body. Like do, maybe someone does his grocery shopping. Or does he have like one aid for every, like he has an elbow aid who works on his elbow. He's oh, got maybe. a knee aid who comes in for his knee. Like, does he specialize it in that way? I don't know. Wait, I think, I think Emily's taking an interesting angle here. So if, if this is, if he's got like a, a driver and like someone who shops for him and stuff. So, I mean, this is pretty much like that. The, what was the Korea movie called? I forget what it was called. Parasite. The bomb, Parasite. So it's kind of like Parasite now mm-hmm. because so Joel <laughs> is Joel the Parasite. We should infiltrate. I'll live and, in Joel's basement. Oh, I would, I would absolutely to. live in Joel's house. Start yeah. doing some Morse code with our foreheads. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would love that. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is all exciting to me that Embiid is like, I think it's, I mean, do you remember last year when he came back after uh, the break and they were asking him, you know, because obviously conditioning has been like the buzzword for him every year. And they were asking him and he said, you know, just what did you do this summer to improve your conditioning? And he was like, basically nothing. Uh, he was like, I try to eat good things and I work out. And, That's uh, my video game. Yeah, he was like, I mean, I did enjoy the, the uh, honesty of it. He was like, I didn't really do much. I'll be honest with you. Like, 
Um, but it, it's cool to see that this year he changed up a lot of uh, what it seems like his practice has been. And he looks good. Like, just to my eye, he doesn't look heavy. He looks, uh, he looks like a good version of himself. Dan, you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think that part of, part of it is, is true, that, like, his conditioning could improve, and I hope it does. Um, and I think part of it is he's posting up more than anyone in the week. He's getting double teamed more than anyone. So he's constantly getting banged into. He has an enormous responsibility on defense in prep round system, right. or at least had. Um, so I, I think a lot of it was, you know, their style of play wore him down um, more so than other players would be worn down. But yeah, he 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 still did need to. He still did need to improve in that area. So I'm glad he's he's taking the steps. Yeah. Um, the what was I going to? Oh yeah. So I. I obviously have no no problem with Joel like resting a handful of games, however many they decide are like best for him. What I really didn't like last year from him is like he was sort of resting in the games that he played sometimes too, like many road games. It's like that I don't need. Like I don't need him to like be out there load managing during the game. Like I just want him to play hard when he's out there, but take as many games off as you need to. Um, to, to keep your body right. Like, I, I honestly feel like he risks more injury by playing at half speed. And I feel like he wants to be effective. And, like, the best version of this team, obviously, is him playing at peak performance. So I hope that – I think that a lot of that fed into their road record. And, um, you know, he's so good that the numbers still bear out, like, positively, no matter what. But I, I saw a, a little bit too much in-game resting on court – than uh than is preferable so yeah i would just hope that they figure out the right number of games and uh yeah it goes to show like how personally biased i am towards joel that you're like yeah he would like rest himself and like loaf around in games and i'm just like giggling like that joel i I just love him so much anyone else i'd be like that guy is the worst like what a selfish person and then it's like oh god what a guy yeah, I feel I feel more to blame than him. Um, Danny Green has a rival podcast to ours. I don't really love that he's crowding the space uh, with with more podcasts, but he had a quote on his podcast where I think he talked about coming to Philly recently. Is now since our last podcast, he's now officially a Sixer and he's uh, with them. He said, "I'm going to try to take it upon myself to." Now he's talking about Ben Simmons to challenge him and put himself in some uncomfortable situations or positions, make himself more comfortable doing those things, and then maybe taking at least a corner three a game just to keep the defense honest. Do we think that the thing to unlock Ben Simmons shooting was acquiring Danny Green? What do you think, Dan? Sure, maybe. Why not? This can't I mean, be it, right? It can't be Might as well be hopeful going into the season. No, I don't know. Like, no, I I think that it is kind of weird that that Doc is saying, "Oh, we don't need Ben to shoot," and Danny Green saying, "Shoot a corner three a game," which is pretty much what Brett Brown said to piss him off in the first place. Yeah. So, um, I don't think Ben's gonna do it because Ben doesn't seem to really care what other people think about his game, mm-hmm. um, which is probably it's in some ways a good thing. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, kind of sucks. I wish he would shoot. Um. Yeah, the corner three is probably the, the spot, though, if he's going to learn to shoot. And Danny Green's a very good shooter, so hopefully he's working with him, mm-hmm. you know, on, on – and he's also, you know, Danny Green knows where to be off the ball. He was talking earlier about 
you know, playing off of post-ups and he's played with great centers in his career. Um, so to, to be able to spread the, the floor more around Joel, Ben needs to know where to be. Um, we can't have the quadruple post-up anymore. That was, that was a last year thing. <laughs> so I think, you know, to, to, to teach him maybe some spacing around Joel, Ben has taken a couple corner threes, as we've seen. I think, you know, it's, it's the shortest three on the court. So it's, you know, the, the easiest three. I'd rather him take that than, you know, any kind of weird pull-up mid-range jump shot that's harder mm-hmm. and he probably can't make and is worthless. So I'm okay with the idea of trying to get Ben to shoot corner threes and especially teaching him the positioning around, where, you know, where he should be, when he should be do- looking yeah. for that shot. I don't think <laughs> it's going to matter, but I like the idea. Yeah. Emily, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, if if we've tried a bunch of things to get Ben to shoot, like maybe this is it. Like if it takes Danny Green to teach Ben to shoot, then I'll take it. Like I'll do whatever I can at this point. Like Wouldn't I'll take be Ben out to shoot. If Ben's he's like, I, yeah, I, a game. And then he's just like, oh, I talked to Danny and it all really clicked <laughs> for me. <laughs> like we took our dogs on a walk together and we were just talking about threes and it just all clicked. Well, that would I be mean, adorable. That would be a shock. I mean, I, I feel like Ben's going to shoot when he wants to shoot. And, you know, hiring or, or acquiring Danny Green isn't really the thing to swing that. But who knows? Why not try it? Um, I wanted to ask you guys where there are other top teams in the East. Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, Brooklyn, Toronto. Um, uh, and then Indiana's in there somewhere as well. Where would you, going into the season, assume no hard and trade, just as they are right now, where would you rank the Sixers? And do you have any particular takes about those other teams, Emily? Um, I would probably rank them third, maybe. Mm-hmm. Fourth, third. I, I, I mean, Milwaukee is good because they have Giannis. But they always kind of like the Sixers have been sh- have shown to like handle them pretty well, and plus they always like suck in the playoffs, similar to us. So like I don't really find them like a threat in the playoffs. So I would probably say like Miami and Brooklyn mm-hmm. ahead of us. Toronto is not. I'm not scared of them either, and I've never been scared of Boston, even though I probably should be. So mm-hmm. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, so are we talking about just, like, where they finish in terms of regular season record standings. or, like, right, standings? Right, standings? All right. I, I could see them anywhere in the – I think, like, three is, like I, – I think that's, like, reasonable. I think that's, like, high end. Um, mm-hmm. I, think, I think Milwaukee and Brooklyn are definitely going to finish ahead of them. Um, just even if, even if you like the Sixers better, I think Milwaukee is just such a regular season team. Um, I think Brooklyn is just better at this point. Um, I, I don't even – love Brooklyn like some of especially some of the betting odds but I I think they're they're right now better than the Sixers um and then I could see yeah I I could see them three to seven honestly um seven would be bad um I I I think that I think seven would be bad (laughs) kind of a disaster but I think that they were six last year and now the Nets are healthy I think the Sixers pass Indiana in the standings um so you know I think they could I, you know, I don't love Toronto at this point, um, but they're still always so tough in the regular season. So I can see Toronto, Miami staying ahead of the Sixers, Boston staying ahead of the Sixers. I could honestly see them four, five, six, I think is most likely. Um, and, and kind of in the same tier as those teams um, that I just, that I just listed to be, to be around there. 
Um, but again, I'm more pessimistic than most, and hopefully I'm wrong. You know, hopefully, hopefully Emily's right, and they're up there and they're competing. Um, I think that Milwaukee will win a million regular season games again. I think that they just know how to do that, and they'll kill teams in the regular season. I am low on Brooklyn. I think they're not going to be very good. Like, I don't, I don't buy it. I think the Kyrie thing is not going to be good over there. Um, and, and, you know, Durant coming off of that injury, I don't think it starts out well right away. I think he needs a little time. So, yeah, I don't – they might be a terror in the playoffs, but in terms of winning regular season games, I think they might get off to a slow start. Toronto will be competent again, um, but I don't have any Pascal Siakam fear at all. Like, I don't he, – he's not somebody who worries me whatsoever. I know he scores like 23 points a game, but I don't – I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't bother me. Um, Boston <laughs> won't have Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker for a little while uh, to start the year, so I think that will hurt them offensively. Yeah, I think somewhere in three, four, five is where this current Sixers team is. Um, the other really like interesting thing, which no one really knows how it's gonna play out, is the way that the Sixers like home and road record last year was so like out of whack. And is their home record gonna be good with no fans? Right. Will they play better on the road if no one has fans? I I think that plays into it a little bit, and I I mean no one knows how that's gonna play out, but it's just an interesting thing to think about no that's an interesting thing to track like clearly they got very up for the games at home and they were sort of unbeatable at home no matter who they played um and on the road they would just sleepwalk through so many games so uh you know i've seen doc ask about this recently and he wants to improve the pace and all this kind of stuff so we'll see um but yeah i think i think probably right in there is where where i would say they are um dan is judging the most likely game take it away all right, most likely game. I think the last time I did it, I said Steve goes first, and now Emily goes first. Okay, cool. hold on. I have to pull up a roster. It's constantly changing. Hang I'm on, on TikTok. On. Here's a tweet from NBA Central. Dwight Howard is being sued by two women he hired to take care of his giant snake, per TMZ. Is that a euphemism? You, I don't think it's a euphemism. <laughs> TMZ Sports re- reported... The women are claiming at least $50,000 in unpaid wages for services rendered, including taking care of Howard's exotic snake collection. Great. Glad to have you on the team, Dwight. Wait. You I'm a giant snake. <laughs> Great. Great. I was hoping we would have some breaking news during the podcast. I thought that was like, at first I thought it was like a lead in to like Dan's most likely question. Like, let me give you some background. And then it's going to be like, who is most likely to take care of Dwight Howard's giant snake now that these women have quit? Okay. That's first question. I'm cutting out my first question. Wow. First question. That's too good. Okay. I let's see who I'm gonna go with I didn't know that person was on the team. I'm gonna go with Tyrese Maxey because I think that He's like the most hot, hot, oh my God, high profile rookie. So he'll have a lot of rookie duties. And I think that one of his rookie duties will be to take care of Dwight Howard's giant snake. (laughs) 
know. I'm going to go with Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with Tony Bradley, who is the Sixers' third center. And he is not a, uh, he's not a rookie. But I feel like Dwight is going to mentor him. And now that he's got this problem with the snakes, he's like, all right, who's going to take care of the fucking snakes? And he'll just be like, Tony, sorry, it's part of the league, man. I, I do it with every backup. This is like a fun, <laughs> get to know you thing. Yes. Uh, feed him every day. Really appreciate it. You're going to be good. You're going to be really good. Like, so I think that Dwight is going to lie and be like, it's just a rite of passage in terms of being a center in the NBA. Oh, love them both. You really couldn't go wrong on the giant snake answer. But I'm going <laughs> to give it to Emily. Because because Matisse had a lot of rookie duties last year, True. he had to get the Chick Fil A, so I, I I think that you know he might have to be the giant snake guy. All right, one nothing, Emily. Steve, you're up first here. All right. I found this one. Oh, I I found some of these on like this weird like mom website. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> who's most like? <laughs> All right. It was it was a weird mom website, all right? Um, who is most likely to kill someone by accident? Whoa. Mm. Ooh, all right. Well, uh, I'm going to have to go is with Is that Dwight what Howard. moms talk about? <laughs> I'm going to go. I don't know if this one was from the mom website, but. <laughs> Sorry, Dwight Howard has a giant snake in his home. <laughs> so I feel like if somebody's going to die at the hands of a sixer, it would probably be, probably be Tyrese Maxey cleaning Dwight Howard's snake cage. And uh, yeah, that's my answer. Oh, this is the new Zaire, isn't it? Dwight Howard's giant snake. The giant snake. Yeah, that's going to be helpful. We could. <laughs> helpful information. Um, I don't like this question because all of them, like, I feel like it was like someone getting into a car crash, and that makes me sad. That is sad. Joel just learned to drive. So. I know. That's what I was going to say. He's the, probably the oh, newest no. driver on the team, but I don't want to put that on him. Like <laughs> The newest I'm, driver, yeah. I might just uh, – I'm going to go with Furcon because I don't know what side of the road they drive on in Turkey, <laughs> but it might be the other one, and he might – be confused sometime he's driving home late at night after getting some shots up in Camden and he's like on the bridge and just kind of like gets turned around because he's not in Turkey and there is an accident but that's okay that's it Uh, in Turkey they drive on the right side of the street what side do we drive on the right usually (laughs) well I'm gonna stay with Furcon no matter what. Great. Yeah. The, the, I can't Dwight put it on is, someone Dwight's else. A tough one to top. Yeah. So I'm kind of offended that you could put it on Furcon, but you couldn't put it on someone. I well, know. No, I didn't want to put it on another person. Like I've already. Oh, you, put you, it on you didn't want to double it. Yeah, like I didn't want to like have to offend two people when I've just makes sense. one. Yeah. All right, I got to give it to Dwight Howard Snake though. So we got Fair. one to one. One to one, Emily goes first here. Who and all right, so I think we can all appreciate some good music on this podcast, even though we don't discuss music. We discussed we actually before we started, we were talking about Taylor Swift's new album, mm-hmm. which Emily was a fan of. I have not heard it yet. Who is most likely to be a huge Carly Rae Jepsen fan? Hmm. And she's awesome. Can we agree that she's awesome? 
So many she people, is, I feel like lots of people I know love her. I, I, I think she's great. There's like way more to her, her catalog than Call Me Maybe. Oh yeah, That's, she has so many great songs. So. For sure. Hmm. This is hard. I'm gonna go with Dakota Mathias. Just looking at his picture. He looks like he jams out to some pop hits in the locker room. He's, he's right in that age range where, like, Call Me Maybe was probably hitting around sixth grade junior high when you're, like, listening to those songs at school dances. And I think he just kept up with her. So I'm going to go with uh, Dakota Mathias. I am going to say Shake Milton. Um, I, I always think about this tweet that Shake had where he was like, all the boys need to like start meditating and like be on your self care. <laughs> and something about that implies like, you know, not listening to traditional gender norms and not listening, you know, he doesn't feel like he has to listen to Kiss, I'm old. He doesn't feel like he has to listen to Kiss or, uh, or anything like Here's that. Here's the guys like, to paint their face. Yeah. He just right. listens to whatever he's feeling in the moment, and I feel like uh, she's a good musician and shakes into her. Interesting. Okay. Well, huh. All right. I'll give that one to Steve, but interesting. Okay. But you didn't like I was, it. Okay. I was imagining Joel, to be honest. I was surprised oh. no one said Joel. The hmm. thing, I know Joel is like a big future guy, but yeah. he, just, he also just loves to dance. And you can, I feel you can really dance to her music. But... But yeah, that was that was a weird question. That was a weird question. All right, who is who is most likely? I think this is Steve. Steve's up two one. Steve going first here. Who is most likely to go on Jeopardy and win? All right, most likely to go on Jeopardy and win. Um, hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna say Tobias Harris. Reads a lot of books. He will not stop reading books ever. He brings them to all the games. Um, I think that he's just an incredibly smart and, uh, and, and worldly person. I think Tobias would do great on Jeopardy. All right. I'm going to go with Justin Anderson. Mm. He, I think he looks like he could read books. He also... <laughs> went to Virginia. He went to Virginia, which is a very good school. Um, he's not the best basketball player, so I think he had to use some of his brains to get into Virginia. It wasn't just on skill. And you have to, you know, be pretty smart to get through Virginia, so I'm going to go Justin Anderson. I like the idea that when we have our smart guy answer, we're, we have more options than just Tobias and Matisse. So I'm going <laughs> to give it to Justin Anderson there. I like Ooh. that. All right, so we got two to two. This one is Emily first. Um, TV show I've never watched, but I know I would hate it. It seems like the stupidest thing on television is Young Sheldon. Which six year is most likely to watch it? Hmm. I mean, I think the answer here is very clearly Ryan Brokoff. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just looks like he gets down with some young Damn Sheldon. Man. Yeah. I, that, I mean, that's all I've got, but 
Yeah, I, that's an insult, but I get where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to just burn this one on Derek Walton Jr. Um, <laughs> congratulations, Emily. Yeah, I, I see it. I could see it. Right. Brokoff could be a young Sheldon guy for sure. Yeah. Even even like in the when they had like the like the the GIF GIF I don't know the the GIF thing with the we are aware of what they are. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. <laughs> with all the players and like their like photos. Oh yeah, that was amazing. And he he just like and he just looked like a young Sheldon guy there. Yeah. 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 I've been thinking right. about that a lot. I think about it all the time. Yeah. All right. So three to Emily. Steve is up. Steve is Steve is going now first. Who is most likely to be pressuring the front office to trade for James Harden? Dan Volpone. <laughs> yeah. Um, who is most likely to be pressuring the front office to trade for James Harden? Hmm. You know, um, I am going to say Matisse. Um, I don't think he would ever pressure anyone to do anything, but I think that there is a world in which if the Sixers trade Simmons for Harden, Matisse is like a guy who could start on the team as like, you know, primary wing defender, just shoot when you're open, that's it, you know, thing. Because if they get rid of Simmons, then Simmons, I mean, Simmons was such an incredible defender on so many different guys, and Matisse has that sort of skill set. So he could um, uh, graduate to a bigger role in the starting lineup of a contender. So, yeah, I'll say Matisse. All right. See, I'm looking at these guys' faces, and none of them seem like James Harden people. That's why I like them all. <laughs> difficult for me um I'm gonna say shake just because and this is in a world where like shake is not included in said trade for James Harden that I think shake would be really excited to learn from a player like James Harden and kind of like hopefully get taken under his wing and like learn from him so I'll go shake hmm hmm you know, Emily, I feel like you really took a subtle dig at me there where you said you, you like them because they're not James Harden people. <laughs> that, that, seemed, that seemed geared towards me, so I'm going to give it to Steve here. Hey! Three, three, three. Three, three. Last question. Emily gets to go first here. Is who is most likely to open up a restaurant or bakery in the city after retiring? Oh, Okay. Um, let's see. I am going to go with Ben Simmons. Hmm. I think that a lot of like these big name players like to get their hands in the restaurant industry. I don't think that Ben is going to be like back there creating dishes, but he'll kind of be like the investor of it and maybe bring like some Australian cuisine to Philadelphia. I know he was really excited about those meat pies coming to the stadium, which I have tried and they're pretty good. So I'm going to go with Ben Simmons. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with Mike Scott, who a lot more, I think, I don't know if this is worn off or not. I know Zaynab still loves him. Um, Last year had like a giant cult 
you know, sort of revolution of fandom. Um, Sixers fans love Mike Scott, the person. Um, and I think that after he retires, it could be like, he loves it in Philadelphia. Let's say that he loves it in Philadelphia. He's got his family's set down roots here. Um, he doesn't seem like somebody who's going to go into coaching or front office. He would be good on TV. Um, and it would just be like, Hey, did you know, like Mike Scott owns that, owns that diner? Like, let's go to that diner. It's Mike Scott's diner. Um, the final answer. Wow. Yeah. You know, listen, I do, I do love a good diner. Um, love a diner. I love a diner, but I think it's Emily here. I think oh. Emily, I think it's Emily because I do, I do see, I was thinking, you know, you know, who, who is going to like, I, I guess like in Pittsburgh, you have like the, like Jerome Bettis. He has like, he has like the, the like grill there or whatever. Uh-huh, something. And I feel like yeah. you need a, you need, you need a big name on it. So I think we have like the Ben Simmons spot or something. And then that's like, that's, but that's just my opinion. But unfortunately for Steve, my opinion is the only one that matters in this wow. current game. Wow. So congrats to Emily. Congrats. On Thank you. Seven game win. All right. A um, couple more things before we get out of there. Uh, I just found this out and wanted to bring it up. We don't have to talk about it. Do you guys know about the thing with Paul George and Dwight Howard? Nope. And Doc, Doc Rivers. Rivers' daughter. AKA Seth Curry's wife. Correct. Yes. Is, is that, I didn't know about that. He cheated and on her, right? With a stripper. Yes, apparently. But now they're together and they have children. Paul George is still with the stripper and they have children and I, oh, they the might stripper. be engaged. Yeah. Just and now quiet. Seth Curry is married to said daughter of Doc Rivers. Congrats to everyone involved. They all seem very Yeah, happy. they all seem happy. But like Doc just had to coach this guy who cuckolded his daughter. Cuckolded? How in the <laughs> world... I don't, I, I don't know. I he would definitely not, hates him from yeah. his moment. I don't, I don't understand how you can like even be professional and like, I don't know. God bless. I mean, they clearly hate each other. They keep like sending out subtweets in the media. Um, Doc and Paul George do. Um, but yeah, it's great. I, I hope everybody's happy. And uh, I don't Seth, think they all are. Yeah. Seth Curry is now married to Doc Rivers' daughter and he seems like a much better choice. Um, so good. Congrats to them. Um, Bachelorette, this week we have two episodes. I don't know why, but we have two episodes this week. Um, one uh, is the men tell all. It's normally pretty boring. Oh, wait, what is that? It's like all the guys that have been kicked off come back and like, I like the men tell all. comes out and like they can confront her or, and like they just talk about their drama basically. Oh, well, is that Tuesday or Monday? I don't know. I'm gonna guess it's Tuesday because. Yeah. Spoiler alert, we saw Noah in the previews and Noah is still on the show. So I would guess he's going to get kicked off Monday and then. Right. Literally, as I was watching the last episode, they preview the Mentel All and there's Noah. Yeah. It's like, well, he's not going to hometowns. Um, Dan, what do you think? Do you have a current favorite for Tasha? I mean, I guess we have, you know, there's one guy we're trying to get on the podcast and I don't want to like, I don't want to raise any hopes, but he's, he's probably my favorite. I root for him. So. Yeah. As do I. As do I, Zach. Um, <laughs> all right, great. Check Listen. your DMs. <laughs> yeah, check your fucking DMs, man. Um, but now he's blowing up. We, we got to catch him. He already well, we, Emily has been in touch with him. I know. It's just that now he has mm-hmm. so many more followers. Yeah, I, we got in on the ground floor, and now he's very popular. So he's just got to sift through the DMs and find him. It's going to happen. 
I mean, what, um, his response to your DM was like the best thing ever. It's like he, he was, was so excited into all of this Philly sports stuff. It was great. Yeah, we were like tra- the Eagles. We were trashing the Eagles. He hit yeah. me with the trust the process. It's great. <laughs> Even so, if he doesn't come on, I'm still Team Zach. So. Yeah, no, we hereby Absolutely. endorse. Zach. He also comes off great on the show. We endorse Zach C uh, to win Tasha's heart, and uh, yes. that's it. So we have another week. The Sixers play preseason on Tuesday and I think Friday. Um, Isn't it on like ESPN, like nationally televised? The, the, the uh, Boston Celtics one, I think, on Tuesday. It's so a national weird. game. Yeah. Um, Can the title of this episode be Dwight Howard's Giant Snake? <laughs> yes, please. I think we might get flagged on a couple of websites for that. Get one. that explicit tag. We <laughs> um, do that every week anyway. I we know. Do. We do. Um, yeah, if you guys don't have anything else, great seeing you both. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas, but we'll uh, that's that we'll, well, it's coming. It's coming. Um good stuff. We did it again. Another perfect podcast. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. you